We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. LL Nation, what's good? Lucky Lefty Podcast. I'm your boy Sean Davis at SD2 Mics. That dude, the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire and Malik Zaire 8 on Twitter. We are brought to you by Anora Whiskey, anorawhiskey.com at premium American Whiskey, anorawhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you drink responsibly. You got to drink responsibly. We're going to dig in a little bit today. Talk a little South Carolina, Gator Bowl. Spencer Rattler still in a holding pattern of whether or not he's going to play in the bowl game. Still considering things. He's probably waiting to get some information back from the NFL before he makes his decision. We'll talk about that. Marcus Freeman talking about Drew Pines transfer, talking about the quarterback battle for the bowl game. Talk about facing Spencer Rattler. We'll hear from the head coach of the Fighting Irish. We'll get into some recruiting updates. Coaches back on the road for not only 23, but the class of 2024. And, of course, you guys. You guys help us carry the conversation, and you give us great conversation and dialogue via the chat each and every day. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Left, we're going to get to some pushback from some people about the three guys that you loved last night and broke down their film. There's a huge contingency of Notre Dame fans that are very interested in DJ Uagulele and Devin Leary. Yeah, yeah, left. Yeah, and they voice their opinions on the YouTube channel and on Twitter. So I'm going to allow them to give their reasons why in the chat today. Why do you love Devin Leary for Notre Dame? Why do you love DJ Uagulele for Notre Dame? I'll be interested in seeing what they have to say left. Very interested. But I want to start off with this, bro. I've never played soccer. I don't watch UEFA. I don't watch the Euro League. <laughs> but I watched that World Cup. That World Cup is lit, bro. <laughs> man, that World Cup is lit, bro. Yeah, it's lit, huh? It's look, man. You could take, and I wouldn't watch soccer outside of the FIFA. No, no interest. No, I wouldn't even be knowing what's going on. But when that World Cup comes on, I'm tuned in like a fan. <laughs> I'll be watching that thing. I'm talking about. I'm about damn near painting my face. I was like, why? Why do I want USA to win so bad? You know, like I was really invested into that Netherlands game, and I don't even. Didn't know how they was winning or scoring or anything. <laughs> Bro, it is absolutely. It's amazing, man. Like, and I'm amazed at how I thought college football fans were passionate. Dude, the fans for these countries. They take it serious now. It's, man, it's amazing. And maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like Team USA is like the Vanderbilt of soccer. And maybe that's a little bit too harsh. But I just feel like, you know how you look at Vanderbilt in the SEC and you look at Northwestern in the Big Ten or Rutgers and you're just like, they just seem out of place from an athletic standpoint, right? That's right. I just I just don't know if Team USA will ever be good enough to win a World Cup. No, not 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 because we don't have the cuz we grow up for it. We in Chicago, we grow up with basketballs in our hand. Right, yeah, we don't we don't have a culture for yeah, to compete with they play it since birth without right. shoes sometimes. Like no matter if it's in the street or on the field. You right. Know, because we bougie. We need a field. Yeah. We need a team mom. We need all jerseys and stuff. Yeah. We need a whole. And then, you know, a lot of these kids don't even like running for real no more, which is crazy. 
But soccer is involved with a lot of things that are the very basic necessities of being an athlete. Yeah. And now we got these trainers that we train with since three years old. I mean, good grief. <laughs> it's crazy. Man, and we're talking about the men's side, of course. Women's side has been at the top for a long time, right? Yes. But I don't just don't I don't know if the interest with football and basketball, I just don't see the best of the best going in the direction of soccer. To where is the coach? Some of our best athletes in the USA. Right. right. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Right. Like you think about Brazil, Argentina, Spain, England, like dude, they're factories for soccer. That's it. I mean, those players are more famous than anybody in the NBA or NFL, too. Facts. Like, wealthier. Wealthier. Wealthier, too. Right. <laughs> and it's just not in the, it's not a pool for us. I don't know. And it's crazy. Oh, the, I know the, Euro, the Euro and the dollar has been fluctuating because the Euro and the dollar has been, at a time, had become equal. And now they're fluctuating. But, bro, Oh, I thought we were about to dive into some economics on here, man. We do it all. At I didn't want to go too far. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to go too far in it. But, you know, yeah. I mean, most guys over there are beloved, man. You're talking about superstars worldwide? That's crazy, bro. Matt. Herrera taps in. Do you own a soccer jersey? If not, whose jersey would you buy? Man, I can't even tell you. See, I'm a, I like I like OGs in every sport. That's why you know when I did my Mitchell and Ness thing when I was on that run in the early 2000s, it was all about you know the OGs. So it would be like uh, Pele or like Diego Maradona. Like I would I would. It would be one of the goats. But you reach it far back. There's been a lot of soccer players since Pele. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, for me, I'm like, dude, if I'm going to put a soccer jersey on, it's going to be somebody that you will recognize. Like, when I walk around, people are going to be like, oh, snap, he got on a Pele jersey or he has on the, the Maradona jersey. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I think I would rep, uh, what's the name, Billy Donovan? Not, not Billy. Oh, Landon Donovan from Landon Donovan. I, I remember watching him last four years ago, and I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I, I can, I can see that, and I think Messi is going to be one of those, one of those guys, one of those legends. I mean, heck, I would rock a Messi jersey now, honestly. Yeah, that's the thing. It's crazy because I would wear another country's jersey of a favorite player than here. And it's weird how I don't know more soccer players here, but I know Messi, Ronaldo, all uh, all the ones over in, in other places. So it's I think it's a marketing scheme why men's soccer isn't big like it should be. And, you know, soccer jerseys are fashionably – Versatile. What do you think is you think it's more versatile than the basketball jersey though? I do. Really? I do. I do. Okay. I do because it's okay. a pullover. You know, you can wear it with shorts, casual. 
you know, you walk in a spot with a basketball jersey, it's like it, it depends if you do it like the rappers. You got the wristbands, the headband. You might turn the jersey backwards. It's all type of swag. It, it depends on the jersey, too. Like, if yeah. you need a solid jersey, a solid color jersey, like a blue or just a solid color. You know, Argentina has their, like, baby blue, white striped oh, jersey. yeah, that's tomorrow fly. You can get yeah. fly in the soccer jersey. Yeah, yeah. It's something like that. But, yeah, I just wanted to pay homage right there because college football, I thought, was, like, the most crazed fan base lit weekend tailgate ever yeah. for sports. This World Cup is on a whole nother level. Bro. That's every four years, so I can I can get the anticipation and and how they're like, driving it so much. Like think about it, bro. It is every four years, so you get to prepare. So it's different than the fall and every other Saturday. Heck, you don't even have parents or players that travel to every road game. No. Dude, you have like thousands of people from countries that travel. No, for real. To a whole other continent, find a way to stay just to buy a ticket. And be front row. Go crazy. And then the stadium you're playing in might be 100 miles away from the hotel you're staying. It's yeah, wasn't this one in like the middle of the desert in Quatar or something like yeah. that? I agree. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. AJ, that's another US jersey, Clint Dempsey. But honestly, yo, no shade. If I would if I were to rock a USA jersey, it probably would be one of the women before I got to one of the men. I'm just keeping it a buck. Mm. I would rock a Mia Ham jersey in a hot second. Easily. In a hot second, Easily. for sure. Easily. So, um, let's dig into Marcus Freeman, bro. Let's get to it. By the way, JTJ Daniels just jumped back in that portal. He, he, <laughs> no I don't know how he has that many years left, but good grief. Who keeps picking him up? Three different schools. Even the more schools and eligibility years. That's crazy. Dude, well, you need to put JT Daniels out there on uh, Wilshire, bro. Melrose. Put him in Melrose. I hope we're not looking his way. Do not that look dude is like the Melrose. He's like the mail on the Melrose Avenue of college football. Just constantly oh, yeah. re be buy, resale. Buy, resale. <laughs> <laughs> You know all the great resale shops on Melrose out there. Real, he's definitely being resold for the same price. He ain't giving nothing better than the schools and what he left. Right, the schools actually believe that he can make the difference. You know, once he got beat out by Stetson Bennett, that was that was pretty much the same. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Lucky Lefty podcast. So. Marcus Freeman spoke with the media Sunday night about a variety of things. And um, it was interesting because it was days after the Drew Pine departure from the program. And interestingly enough, you know, he spoke about that. He spoke about Michael Mayer and whether or not he would play. But what really stood out was his thoughts on Drew Pine and his departure. 
what he's done for our program, the ability for him to step in uh, week, you know, obviously the end of week two versus Marshall and then throughout the season, he did a tremendous job, you know, and, and, you know, we had a conversation this week, um, myself and Drew, as, as well as many of the other players that we have on our team in terms of, you know, our intentions, my intentions into, um, you know, at certain positions, look for transfer and, and, and I'm always looking for ways to enhance our roster and uh, I always want to be upfront and honest and I was with Drew and told him that you know we would possibly look at, at taking a transfer quarterback and um, I did not want him to to leave um, but you know he made the decision to enter the portal and, and I definitely respect his decision. This is my question LL Nation. Do you feel like Drew Pine had the right to be mad? Like left. Marcus Freeman comes to Drew Pine is like, yo, we appreciate what you did this season. You gave us everything you had, but man, we're, we're looking to get better, so we're going to go ahead and look for more competition at the quarterback position in the portal. Are you mad? Unless Drew felt like he was the best quarterback in the country, what are you mad for? You were able to steal 10 games from a Notre Dame season where you wouldn't have played if the guy didn't get hurt. What are you mad for? Unless if you was Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence and Marcus Freeman came to you and said, hey, we're going to get something better, mm. I would be mad at that point because I'd be like, what's better than me? <laughs> what's better than the best? So I think Drew having a realistic sense of self was like, you're right. I'm sure that you would probably been chomping at the bit to get rid of me all season. I've, I've done enough to put out some good – tape that I know other programs that aren't at this uh this expectation level yeah or would love to have me and I got three years left and what I'm out of here I got my degree I didn't I didn't I didn't did all the right things so I think it was more of a gift that Drew was able to receive playing at a school you always grew up with you know, running with the success of a good Notre Dame team because if it was a bad Notre Dame team, he probably wouldn't even last that long. Yeah. So I think uh, the stars align right for him. And, you know, he went through his ups and downs, but I think it's prepared him to go to another program that would much more be appreciative of his service. I think if he went to 70 other percent of college football schools, their head coach isn't going to come to him and be like, we're looking for better. So I think uh, he found himself in a good starting point, but an even better jump-off spot to be able to continue his career somewhere else. Yeah, Anthony Solomon says if he was 10-0 and instead of 8-2, and he might have an argument. Maybe, but even – yeah, but – yeah, maybe. Because that will put you in the conversation at the opportunity to play at that championship level. Uh, against a Georgia or, you know, one of these teams in the playoffs to where, you know, if you pull off a win like that, then you're undeniable. You know, then we, okay, we just got to rock with it. But yeah. I think uh, being eight and four was a good thing for Marcus Freeman to clear the decks of the fanfare of the or the confusion of, is he really that good or do we just have a good team? So I think being eight and four this season – was easy for Marcus Freeman to be like, okay, I know what I need to do better quick, and let me get on it and have these tough conversations. Man, look, at the end of the day, he was serviceable. Yeah, serviceable. Word? 
We continue to L-L. make. Is that a good word? Is that disrespectful? Calling somebody serviceable? Jack Cone was serviceable. A little, a, a, I'll say a little better than serviceable. But Jack Cone was a backup to a guy that just jumped in the transfer portal. Yeah. So, and I hope we're not looking at merch either. Like, let's just, just no. throw out the names. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. That well, that Wisconsin well is closed. It's, it's dried no. up. It's dried up. <laughs> now, if I was Drew and we pulled in a Keaton Slovis, yeah. I'm probably calling Notre Dame up and being like, what y'all doing up there, man? Because I need to come back. Because I can beat him. <laughs> you feel like you can walk on the field and beat Keaton Slovis right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, beat Keaton Slovis and all these other, you know, middle-of-the-road guys because whatever. But I think it's time for us to stop making serviceable guys good and for us to have a quarterback that makes us better. The last three, four years, we've been having guys keeping the ship afloat but not taking off to the moon. So basically you're trying to say Notre Dame is like no limit. Yeah, I'm interested in astronauts. Like you can have school. the worst rappers in the world, but as long as they're on the tank, they're going to move units. Because Silk the Shocker was horrible, bro. <laughs> he was horrible. He, I have no clue how this dude was going multi-platinum. He you was know, horrible. When you were part of a, uh, of a system – you can you can sneak in some wins, right? And I think that's what we've been doing for a long time, sneaking wins with serviceable guys. But we're not a serviceable type of team. We a t- we a team that's invested in the moon and the stars, not the the the, the depths of the ocean, right? <laughs> I guess Drew, man. Look, everybody's welcome to be in their emotions, man. You know, if he felt like. He should have been the starter. He should have gotten the start in the bowl game. And, you know, I can't fault him for how he feels about I, what he was able to do. Exactly. And I think a lot of it is better, is better that he leaves so he can always tell that story. Shit, I should have played. I should have stayed. I should have this and that. Then, then us actually finding out. Mm. I think it, it. he made a great uh, career out of doing what he can and having people wanting more. It's always better to leave them wanting more than having them looking for somebody to replace you. So I think it would just all happen at the right time. And it's good for Marcus Freeman to not have guys hanging on. He just told them straight up, we're trying to get better, and I don't want you to leave selfishly, but I want you to leave. (laughs) And even with saying that, I think Drew Pine is one of the best one of the better stories of 2022 at Notre Dame. Absolutely. We're talking about the best of Notre Dame in 2022. Drew Pine is right there. He's one of the better stories. And we're going to get to some of the others, but I definitely would, would throw Drew Pine right up there as one of the better stories in 2022. Heck yeah. Speaking of the quarterbacks that are left over, Marcus Freeman talked about practices leading up to the bowl game and how their practice will decide who starts and plays. Quarterbacks on the roster, you have Tyler Buckner, um, Steve Angeli, and Ron Paulus, and uh, all um, have been practicing the past two days that we practiced and uh, could could see any three of the three play. They'll all be ready to play. See that? All three. All three. Hey. 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 <laughs> all three, bro. 
You might get a little palace. Yeah, he brought in palace. That's how I know they just they just buying time. They trying to buy time. I think hearing that, I said they're about to swing big in this portal, bro. Oh, for sure. Because I said they're about to swing big, boy. There's nowhere in college football where you're trying to get three guys to play for one game. Absolutely not. I think this is an audition tape for the guys left in the room of who's going to stay and who got to transfer. And for Tyler Buckner, I think it should just be totally Tyler Buckner because it would help us get – it would help me feel – I don't know about the fan base, but it would help us feel like we're taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking Angeli seriously right now. I'm not taking Paula seriously right now. I really want to know if Tyler's going to be available to to be competitive for next year and potentially lead the team next year. I think he's got a lot to be desired due to injuries – Due to the development of the offense around him, yeah. but come on, we we talk about Ryan Paulus. It's not his dad now. This is Junior, and you know, I think that uh, he he looks the part. Seeing him in person, he's huge. Um, I think Steve D'Angeli's pretty big, but are they beating Alabama? I don't think so. Who? The quarterbacks, all three of them together, all three of them combined. <laughs> if all three of them combined can't beat Alabama, we got to we got to swing big and get two guys in the portal. I don't think we're getting two because Minchie's an early enrollee. Ah, uh, there we go. So, nah, that was done. <laughs> that was done. Once Minchie came in, early enrollee. Yeah, no need for two. Lucky Lucky podcast. Going over Marcus Freeman, his comments about the state of the program. We already talked about Drew Pine, talked about the quarterback battle that's going on to see who gets the snaps and the start in the bowl game. But there are major decisions to be made by guys like Isaiah Foskey and Michael Mayer and their participation in the Gator Bowl, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl against South Carolina. Coach Freeman gave his thoughts on that. You know, the sooner the better. I just didn't want them to have to rush into a decision, kind of just take a week. We just got done playing a 12-game season. Take a week, talk um, amongst the people they trust, their coaches, um, their families, and uh, probably be ready to make a decision here Monday, early this week. So Coach Freeman is telling us we'll find out sometime early. Tuesday is usually the big media day at Notre Dame. So it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me to find out sometime today whether or not Michael Mayer and the decisions have probably already been made. Uh, yesterday was big for the portal, so now that that's starting to die down a little bit, maybe that information will come out. Where do you think these guys are leaning? If I'm Michael Mayer, I'm, I hope he has an agent like Will Anderson, where he's like, "Look, chill." <laughs> Let's not let's not do anything too crazy. You didn't did a great job of staying healthy all year, and that's the goal to stay healthy all year. Um, but other than that, I mean Isaiah Fowski, he could have some value playing against a, a draftable quarterback in Spencer Rattler if he decides to play. Yeah. Um, I think Marcus Freeman, and it goes back to what I feel like this bowl game should be about as as well as bowl practices. It's all young guys. I would be like, look, Brandon Joseph, Isaiah Fowski. I know Cam's coming back from injury, so he's not going to be available. 
look, y'all guys take a break. I want to see my young guys get in there and mix it up and who I can depend on for next year because I got to get this train moving because I'm trying to get transfers. I'm trying to get the recruits in, and I don't have time to try to evaluate the window the next year. I need to start evaluating that window for some of these guys right now. And I think if we can do that, we can progress to a faster offseason by doing that once we have the tape on some of these guys like Jalen Sneed and and Tuamaka and Tyson Ford that we really want to see. Tobias Mayweather needs to be in the game a lot. Because, sure. because we're looking at transfer portal for a receiver as well, on top of having young guys in the 2023 class that want to play. And as great as we think Tobias Mayweather is, he can't leave this season not having more tape, especially from the bowl game. Yeah. I, the amazing thing about this decision, I think, oh, man. No, that same boat. Because I just watched, <laughs> I watched Kyron sit out last year, and Kyron went, what? Seventh round? round or Was it seventh round? He went, he went really late. I think he went fourth round, but it felt like it was seventh round because I was wondering why he was falling so much. I don't think it was seventh. I know that's probably a stretch, but it wasn't high like I thought it would be either. Yeah, picking up 164 in so round four. five. Wow, okay. See, I, yeah. I didn't think there was, there was that many running backs better than him, but, you know, the draft's so crazy. It's like – you don't know. I see the draft is different now because of the restructuring of contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, second guys are cool with second round grades. Yeah, guys are cool. Cool. like yeah, guys are cool with second round grades. You get a second round grade, you're out. That's right. You're out. It's not like back in the day where guys used to just wait to be a first round pick. Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably going to drop down the second round. He bounced. He bounced from the playoffs. Yeah. Now, there's injury involved with him, but, yo, I think Cam Hart got information quick with his injury. You know, the defensive backs, I think everybody's going to be good to go, and Cam is still questionable. Yeah, I think Cam – Cam's in an interesting position. Uh, I think a lot of it is because his expectation for himself. Right. And going to Kyle uh, Hamilton's draft day room and soaking up that experience and feeling like, okay, I'm next in line. Now you're in a position where damn near you're going to be, you got Ben Morrison flashing, got these young guys coming in. You got Jade Mickey's only going to get better on top of the young secondary where it's a, probably a different kind of pressure for him. And I don't think he wants to miss that window of being as optimally healthy as he can be to try to get closer to uh, where he feels like he should be for next year. But, you know, when you battle an injury bug, it does drive uh, you mentally to a different place because, things that they're picking on you for, yeah, it's easy to point to an injury, but it's, that's also hindering you from playing at your best. So um, I'm glad Marcus Freeman allowed him to come back because Marcus Freeman just ain't letting everybody come back. <laughs> and the irony of that is that Cam's injury or injuries 
just like Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think having their eyes set on what you just spoke about contributed to not being able to get fully healthy. Because Cam Hart was never healthy no. at all. There was not one game he played where he was 100% healthy. Never. I don't believe it. Never. He played at like 70% against Ohio State. Like he got injured late in fall camp, wasn't healthy, came back, lined up, just never was healthy. And it's some some years are like that. You know, you, your battle is how good can your B game uh, look, which is damn near what your career will look like in the NFL. You're never going to be 100%. And I think the coolest thing that I've learned from Todd Light, yeah. NFL and and, and and be great was that he said you know you're you know where you are when you can come back from injury and play well that's when you consider yourself a vet because that's the the everybody's going to get hurt at some point but you know you're meant to be there on how you bounce back from injury and I think this is Cam proving to himself that he is uh he is where he belongs and he can also take advantage of NIL. I think that makes a big difference, too, in coming back, yeah. get a chance to get some NIL money, some free money in there uh, before you get contractualized and and docked for everything you do in the NFL. So I think this is a good prep year for Cam, but he better come out swinging because we got some young guys in the weights that probably want to play early. When do you guys get to leave campus and get your own spot? So after sophomore year? Uh, shoot. See, it was different when I was there. Okay. Um, so it could be freshman year or it could be the last year. <laughs> but Notre Dame, I think they've gotten a little more strict on how they go about that. So probably I think it's the rule is junior year. I know that's when they start really giving you the opportunity to start paying for you to live off campus. But, shoot, you there for a good minute, a good – Two and a half. Hey, you know, he comes back, gets some NIL money, get one of the nice condos over on Eddie. Yeah, now now you want to live off campus. Right, right, right. Luxury. <laughs> right. You didn't have those joints when you were there. Oh, I mean, they was coming up, but it's like, man, I know only the the, the top of the top is staying over there from Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah, I don't I couldn't see Michael Mayer staying in the dorm, bro. <laughs> Come on, Michael Mayer is probably living next to Father Hesberg or something, you know. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Freeman talked about the quarterback that he's facing, who's also dealing with his own dilemma of whether or not to play in the Gator Bowl at a South Carolina's signal caller, signal caller, Spencer Rattler. Marcus Freeman had his thoughts on facing him. Did take a, uh, a couple minutes to peek at the uh, just the offense versus Clemson, um, and then obviously watch a little bit of the. Tennessee game, he's special. You know, their, their offense is explosive. I haven't watched much of their defense yet, but um, they have an explosive offense, and, and it's all it all starts with their quarterback. Uh, Spencer is an extremely talented individual, and, and, you know, I've seen him extend some plays with his legs, ability to throw the, the ball into tight spaces, um, make good decisions. He's a talented quarterback, and um, we face some talented quarterback, and he'll quarterbacks this season and he'll be just as good as uh, any of those talented quarterbacks we face so it'll be a huge challenge but but there's playmakers all across the field where would you place him amongst the quarterbacks they face this year he's three i think he's right below cj and, and caleb 
Uh, I'm a big fan of Spencer, so maybe it's a little biased. I think he's probably the most naturally gifted quarterback in the in college football, which I think coincides with how his attitude is. I always think he's he's more like the point guard personality that scores 40 points a game. Combo guard. Yeah, but if but if he they win and he has like 10 points, he's probably not the happiest either. Right. Right. <laughs> so that's the kind of kid he is. He could give you 40 and everybody will love him and he'll be like, Yeah, we won. But if we won and he only scored like 10 points. He's in the corner sulking. Yeah, he you damn near thought he lost. So <laughs> I think that just happens with guys that are supremely talented like that. Yeah. So Marcus Freeman's absolutely right. He's gonna have a lot on his hands from that aspect, but he's still, I think, uh from a maturation standpoint, he should play in this game and maybe even come back a year, I think, to to cap off how he finished this season. Um, he's still short. So I think you know Marcus Freeman is gonna do a good job game planning, getting in his getting in his face, but uh definitely top three quarterback face this year so far. No. Coach Shane Beamer and the job he's done with the Gamecocks in that program, he is happy. Yeah. Like, because the investment in getting Spencer Rattler through the transfer portal was kind of laughed at early in the season. Mm-hmm. But somewhere around week seven or eight, things start to turn. And what they did offensively, forget just as a team, what they did offensively against Tennessee at home, and then to back that up against Clemson on the road. Well, it, goes back to, it goes back to why Spencer's special. If you can get that Spencer, right, that's a Heisman guy. And only guys that are, are super, super talented can give you performances like that against great teams. I think Shane Beamer saw that and said, look, if we can just get him on the right page, we can be a team that competes with the best of the best because we have one of the best quarterbacks. Yeah. He's just a little streaky. So those performances at the end, you'd be like, where was that at all season? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the why I think Spencer should come back. But I do think that we should have a quarterback and aspire to have a quarterback that can give us performances like that. Even on Drew's best day, on Ian's best day, they ain't putting up almost 500 yards and five touchdowns. In a, in a game against a great team. Yeah. They're not doing that on their best day. So we need a guy that has the potential to do that. I think it'll help change the dynamic of our offense. Yeah, like you said, he was five-star, number one quarterback. You thought the link with Lincoln Riley and just him continuing the trend of quarterbacks at OU under Lincoln Riley, you thought if he could turn Jalen Hurts into a first-round pick, Hey, <laughs> or to a top pick, sky's the limit. You definitely can do work with Spencer Rattler, and then somehow, some way, man, just the mentality, his attitude, and everything just didn't mesh. And I think the one thing he had to deal with in being a great player is winning the locker room. When you're the best player on the team, it's easy to win the locker room, but when you're struggling as a good player on the team, and you're and you're not a great uh, leader outside of your what you show on the field is going to be tough, especially when you got a juggernaut behind you that is just can't do no wrong and it just waiting for an opportunity to play too. So there's a lot of different pressures and factors that uh, played into that. But also, 
Lincoln Riley rode it to the end for him. So uh, you can commend that, and they didn't give him the whole Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence treatment. Yeah. Or the K-Club Nick and DJ. <laughs> now, oh, no, Dabo did ride for DJ, though. He, he, yeah, he did. He did. He rode for DJ. But... He rode for DJ more than he rode for Kelly Bryant. Oh, for sure. And I but, think that's crazy. But K-Club Nick ain't Trevor, isn't Trevor Lawrence, though. He's Let's not. keep it a buck. Trevor Lawrence, I, I I can see why he pulled the trigger. <laughs> he oh. said, "I got I got to get I got to get Trevor." Yeah, Lawrence. trying he to get Trevor Lawrence him. out there versus getting K. Clubnick out there is like night and day. Night I, day. I don't have any problem with that. So once again, Lucky Lefty Podcast, we thank all of you for being part of the climb to three thousand. Now we are ascending to five right there on the YouTube page. Make sure you go subscribe. Hit the notification bell, and most of all, hit the like button to let us know you appreciate the content that we give you. And then if you have comments or a question, please leave them. It doesn't matter if you're live or you're watching after the show has ended. We respond to all comments, and we greatly appreciate you guys jumping up, tuning in, and giving us a piece of your day. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. The best of Notre Dame in 2022, bro. Give me the three best things you saw this year. Now, it's interesting because, you know, if I ask this question of a Bears fan, you know what they would say? Justin Fields running around. Justin Fields for all three. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I had a lot lot of uh, hope. For your number nine, the linebacker Bicker, I thought he was gonna be something special. Number nine, you know Brisker. Br- Br- yeah, the, the line. He's a skinny linebacker that's been. He's not like even a linebacker. Player. He's a safety. Oh well, he be playing like a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's an inbox safety. Yeah, yeah, I like him. No, um, he's a dude. He's a dude. He's yeah. a dude. So I thought, Penn State, he's a dude. I thought he would be a good a good player, but um. The three best things about Notre Dame, uh, the first thing, of course, is the Harry Heastan effect. Mm. And how Harry Heastan affected this offensive line. Even though we was eight and four, we had a better offensive line than last year. And it put us in a lot of positions to win a lot of games, especially the ones we lost. Early on, I mean, hey, you, you're, getting in, you're getting into the routine, but it gets greater later with Harry Heastan because that's where he puts the work in with those guys throughout the season, which most teams don't do. And I think the O-line appreciated a lot better. I mean, a lot more. And they got a lot better later when it got later in the season. So I love seeing it. I've been preaching it all from the rooftops that the offensive line is going to make the difference and it'll be a foundational piece of the team. And it was. The second thing is the secondary. I think as a whole, for the last 12 years, the fan base, me, everybody included, has complained about we can't make plays on the ball secondary <laughs> i think you know watching just the how it almost was one of the biggest strengths on our defenses is a total makeover and and a, a, a challenge accomplished from what we seem to have struggled with for so long from recruiting from playing young guys mm-hmm. and also having an actual impact in the game where i'm not clutching my pearls every time they throw the ball deep 
because most of the time if we had Nick Coleman out there, it's a completion for the other team, you know. Now I think teams are like, all right, we might have to try something different against a Notre Dame team that's more stout in their secondary, which I can appreciate. I'm with you, Left. My three, a little bit different, same wavelength. Number one for me, Marcus Freeman. Oh, yeah. Watching him develop as a head coach, watching him understand what needs to be done, making tough decisions, not only with coaches and having good conversations with them about yeah. what needs to change, but having transparent conversations with players on the roster, having transparent conversations with recruits to let mm-hmm. everybody know this is the vision. This is where we're headed. And if you're not on the same wavelength, you might want to think about where you want to go because this might not be the right place for you. Yeah. Marcus Freeman for changing and giving Notre Dame a totally different outlook on the recruiting trail. That's right. Just in one year, he has changed the perception of Notre Dame on the recruiting trail. John Mm -hmm. Garcia Jr. talked about that with us a couple of episodes ago. Like you have no clue how bad the perception of Notre Dame amongst recruits in the 23 and 24 class were at the end of the Brian Kelly era. All of that has been erased. Now he has to be able to close the deal, but at least he's in the fight. He has changed the narrative surrounding Notre Dame and young high school athletes around this country. Absolutely. And last but not least, he gave the program some darn swag, man. Yeah. He gave the program some darn swag. He made Under Armour viable. Dude, unfortunately, the university won't, won't, <laughs> won't sell drop that word. I dropped that Marcus Freeman line. Man. <laughs> Dog. I think I only had two. I didn't even think oh, I got you gave three. three left. I gave three? Okay. You, you said uh, Harry Easton. You said the secondary. No, I don't think I. And I then you said the youngsters, right? Mm-mm. I was saying the youngsters in the secondary. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about the youngsters overall. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the recruiting. I think that Marcus Freeman, you hit it on the head exactly. Marcus Freeman gives the, the culture back to Notre Dame to where it's just not a, a come fly by place. Mm-hmm. We're not negotiating with no terrorists. We are who we are. And I'm glad that he didn't tank when it looked bad early. And I think a lot of times the pressure of where that place is and, and what that place is expected to be mm-hmm. can fold a lot of guys. I think, you know, we talked about it early. We didn't like his facial expressions. We wanted him to do a little bit more. Right. So right. That was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> and just you could just see how he's like, what is going on? This is not what I've been planning uh, the whole offseason and working on. But he stuck with it. And the best part is the staff stuck with him as well. A lot of times he can be a man on a mission solo, but he didn't go alone, especially when it got tough. So it shows they like him where he's at. And the, and people can feed off of that. The, the administration and the coaching staff can work with that. Now he's got to clean up some stuff with Tommy, clearly. But it's just a, a, another thing that is on the to-do list that I think and feel confident in that Marcus Freeman can handle the issues. Yeah. That's probably the biggest thing. That if something is going on in the fan base where we're feeling a certain way, I think Marcus Freeman has a, his ear to the streets, but he also – 
has has his hand on the gavel and he's and he's making decisions that that some coaches have a hard time doing that can make the team or culture worse. Yeah, I'm right there with you on recruiting. That's number two for me. Yeah, hell yeah. This class currently sits at number two. Had a Zoom call. Um, everyone was pretty much present. There was one excuse absence, and then the other person that did not make it on time jumped in as soon as they got to a place where they could lock in to the Zoom call. Everybody is going to be contacted. Uh, I understand today, Coach Prime it just got out that Coach Prime reached out to Dylan Edwards. Coach Prime is Coach Prime has been going at Dylan Edwards for over a week now. Like Coach Prime knew he was taking the Colorado job, and they started making calls long before that. So this Dylan Edwards news that broke today isn't new. Like Notre Dame was very well aware of the offer that was coming and the NIL offer that's coming behind it. Mm. So Marcus Freeman is going to see him later this week. So, you know, it's par for the course. That's that's what I love about Marcus Freeman as well. Nothing is catching this dude off guard. Yeah, I think he's staying on top of the, the slicksters out there in college yeah. football. Yeah. And he's, uh, you know, that's what I'm saying. He's got his ear to the streets, man. I don't think he's going to be lacking on the recruiting side of things, which is – you know, what we've been lacking for a while. You know, we've been sitting on our high horse in the catbird seat on Mount Olympus, uh, not really paying attention to the underlings below. But Marcus Freeman got the the top and the bottom covered. And I think he's not going to let anything slip without a fight at least. You know, he's going to fight for his recruits. And I think that's important. Yep. So for me, it's Marcus Freeman, then it's recruits, and last but not least, Yo, it's special teams. Special teams the best thing about this team all year, bro. Yeah, most to the point that Lincoln Riley told said, "I'm not letting them take the field." Like, <laughs> I'm not letting them take the field at all oh. in the Coliseum. <laughs> so, so special teams is the best. Is is the absolute best to know the name in 2022 and the job that Brian Mason's done. Absolutely. Yeah, Brian Mason made that phase of the game a real threat, and like you said, to the point where teams don't even want to. They used to say don't kick it to them. They don't even let us run out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think that uh, it's only going to get better because guys are enjoying playing special teams. And that's hard to do on a college football team, is, is except Alabama and Ohio State, is to get guys to enjoy playing special teams because they make plays, guys flash, guys end up starting based off of some of them special teams. Prince Colley had a block. In the Clemson game, end up they have to get more time after that. So Thanks. I think, uh, man, we got we got to hold on to Brian Mason for sure. Oh, no doubt. Don't forget CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, all of our great content over at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You don't want to miss out. This morning at nine a.m., we dropped the podcast where Malik went over the film breakdown of three potential quarterbacks that could land at Notre Dame out of the transfer portal. Go download it now. It's available. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We spin it different. Left, now that we gave the best of Notre Dame in 2022, we started wait. We're waiting to hear when they get into the mix, the full mix 
a bowl preparation, we start to hear the names of guys that are showing out. Last year, it was Jaden Thomas in preparation for the Fiesta Bowl. He took a step forward. And hopefully, it will be some one like Tobias Merriweather or Jaden Mickey finally playing much better than he's been playing during the season. Or maybe a guy like Ryan Barnes. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody like that. Yeah. Let me give you one person that I would love to hear is playing well. If I hear Steve Angeli is balling out, it would make me feel really good, bro. I think uh... – <laughs> I'm trying to raise the floor. I'm not worried about Minchie. I'm not worried about the guy they bring in. I'm trying to raise the floor of the guys that might be at the bottom. Because when you when you get guys at the bottom that are good, well, Matt Jones is the fourth guy in your quarterback room Yeah. when he's there, and eventually he wins the national championship, it says a lot about your development at that position. Okay. So you saying the weakest link has to ride. What did it say? The the the, the, the the weakest link brings rise all ships or something like that. What's that? What's that quote? The rising tide raises rising all tide ships. Raises all ships. Only so, as strong as your weakest link. Yeah. So I do think that yeah. it would be nice to hear uh, uh, Angeli making headways and headlines in practice with some of the younger receivers and you know some of the young defensive players standing out uh, in these practices. But you know nowadays. If, if it doesn't work, just get a transfer. <laughs> so I think it's important yeah. to really evaluate, and, and this will show the strength of our coaching staff on evaluation in this bowl prep, the bowl game, and heading into the offseason for recruiting because we can really uh, hash out what we need to fix because a lot of this is attrition. So you have went through a whole regular season. What young guys are going to pop out because – it's a tiring season. Most guys don't want to play right now. But the guys you do find out that want to play is going to make a huge impact next year, and you can go address the ones that don't want to play in that portal. I'm excited to see these young linebackers. I really hope we get to see these young linebackers play. And this is going to be interesting because, like I said, Spencer Rattler initially has given the indication that he's playing in the Gator Bowl. But he's waiting to hear back from the NFL. And because it's such a rich quarterback class that's coming out, he could just end up getting taken in the second round because teams are moving up to take guys. When you talk about Will Levis being going in the top 10, and that dude has had a terrible, terribly average season at Kentucky. Spencer Rattler has to be saying to himself, I know my workout is going to be better than his. Yeah, I think Spencer is going to win in the whole shirts and shorts uh, draft prep because he's he's more talented than most of these dudes. Um, I think from a football standpoint, he should come back and, and really be a top guy for next year. I think this year, if he was to get into it, he, he can slide up some boards, but I think next year with a, a better season, uh, he'll be able to position himself uh, a lot easier than what this draft process will be for him this year. And I've seen, I saw some people in the chat point out that um, 
you know, kids should come back because of NIL. Look, man, I don't know if you guys know this. Kids would much rather get paid and not go to school. <laughs> That's why high school kids go straight to the G League. Yeah. I mean, Notre Dame is definitely a place where uh, you get tired of that school thing after a while. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, Spencer Rattler might just be like, look, man, I don't want to go to school. If I can get a second round, third round grade, let me go become a pro. Yeah, I think that shouldn't be your main factor. Cause, look, because the fact, the main matter of fact, that he's not about to come back and win 10 or 11 games at South Carolina. That that that's also true. You know what I'm saying? I mean, unless Alabama doesn't get a quarterback, and I mean, it really. But the, the way they showed against Georgia, I don't think they're gonna win next year versus him either. So, so see, I think if he gets anything that seems favorable, like you said, when you go watch his pro day, he's going to wow you. Yes, yeah, it's like the that's his bread and butter, like the. If he really wanted to show off his skills, he you go to his pro day, you'll see why I'm so high on him and why he'll slide up the boards, especially over Will Levis. I do not think Will Levis is good. It's it's a shame that they keep propping up these Zach Wilson types uh, to steal money from teams early in the draft when they're they're clearly good as seventh round guys too. I mean, look at Ian Book; yeah. he's still on the Eagles. He didn't steal no money. He got drafted right where he should be. Yeah, but that expectation for Ian isn't Zach Wilson either, which I think will allow Ian to grow in that system in Philly that's hot right now. Yeah, that's interesting, man, because you really can captivate and grab the mind of a GM based upon some of the quirkiest things, right? Ryan Pace fell in love with Miss Trubisky at the Sun Bowl. And they lost to Stanford. I'm like, please, what about that game made you fall in love with him and take him over Mahomes and Deshaun? Please tell me what made you look at the Sun Bowl and say, man, this Mitch, I really love this kid. It had to be like his name or something. It had to be something non-football related. Absolutely. And it's easy for, you know, an NFL GM to go to Columbia, see this big, stocky, strong quarterback with this booming arm, just lighten it up and work out and say to himself, man, I think we can do something with that. We can use one of our two or three second round picks. That's that's how it works, man. Sheesh. That's, that's how it works, especially with the quarterback position. Didn't the GM get fired for that at the Bears? Heck yeah. Yeah, like. Are you kidding me? Horrible offenses. <laughs> I will give him this. He he drafted he drafted Fields, though, before he got fired. Well, he had to. That was a given. Like, yeah. just like how they – Gave Zach Wilson the the go ahead without even I don't even think they evaluated him to be honest he was just number two the entire time they knew they was gonna take him it was a weird thing but I think his exit of drafting of drafting Fields he better draft Fields or he would have yeah. been ran out of whole Chicago not just the team yeah 
I saw something in the chat that I'm not even going to bring up or respond to because people are going to call me a hater. Man, look, man. If, if you are comparing Ian Book to Spencer Rattler from an NFL standpoint, don't evaluate quarterbacks ever. <laughs> Just don't. Right? Because I can give you a list of very good college quarterbacks. Stetson Bennett ain't doing nothing in the NFL, bro. And neither is Jake from State Farm. Like, stop. These are just, they're just good guys in the stop. system. Ian individually <laughs> is not is not carrying himself in the league as a starter. I think Ian is good in the right place at the right time. He got just moved down to third on the depth chart, didn't he? But, but we know without that juggernaut system at Notre Dame, we got him drafted. He wouldn't have got drafted if Ian went to Louisville or Virginia or – no. I think – That's like, a valid point. Like we said, for the last five, six, seven, eight years, since Deshaun, we've been making quarterbacks serviceable and making them look better than probably what they are. It is what it is. You know, the same person just said in the chat that everyone passed on fields, and he's the best quarterback out of that class. That's, that's the point. Hold on, what's the class? What's the class? I guess he's trying to crack a joke like everyone passed on fields. He's better than Zach Wilson. He's better than the kid from the 49ers. Like, he's better than Mac Jones. Like, what? what's your point? He's the best quarterback in the class. So I guess you're right. All the teams that passed on him were goofies. I bet you the players on the Jets would love to have Justin Fields right now. Well, they like Mike White. Yeah, they do. They like Mike. And it's, but all, it's the games they lost, Mike. all the games they lost over the last year and a half with Zach Wilson, I guarantee they can all they let that go. They can all let it go. <laughs> Man, I bet you Bill Belichick would rather have him. Than Mac Jones. Oh, for sure. Oh, facts. I think Bill Belichick, I mean, Mac Jones is too close to Brady for Bill's liking. I think Bill really wants to dive into that Jalen Hurts kind of mold for a quarterback just because that's kind of how it's evolving. Right. And, you know, Mac does a great job, but it's just, it's, it's tough to win in the league, man. It's just tough. Man, it's funny. That's, you know, and I appreciate everything Ian did for Notre Dame, but stop. We help Ian more than you. Stop. You know, it's funny because we'll we'll all sit here over the next week talking about the help we need to get from the portal, but then try to prop up like we've had great quarterbacks we'll complain about the history of quarterbacks in Notre Dame and then say well we've had great quarterbacks we've had good quarterback play you've had good quarterback we've had good quarterback in fact we've had serviceable quarterback play at Notre Dame I'll go I'll go above serviceable I think we have different viewpoints some that's why I asked earlier because serviceable sounds disrespectful at some point oh Okay, he said he was defending Ryan Pace. 
I mean, Ryan Pace should have been fired the moment he took Trubisky. <laughs> he basically just, the second decision just brought him back to even. Yeah, just brought it broke even with that the one. Trubisky, the Trubisky decision put the so four years back. So yeah, you said the Bears franchise back so far. So far, man. And watching him flail in Pittsburgh just makes Chicago look did even you, worse. Did you get that feeling about this decision for Tommy Reese and Marcus Freeman? Is this a setback decision? Oh, that 100%. This really? is a setback decision if we don't make the right decision or at least get it right this year. I think that 8-4 and four would look a lot like 6-6 six and six if we don't make the right decision at quarterback, especially if we got one that is continuously getting hurt. Yeah. And then you got two guys that haven't even played yet. So this transfer is 100% dependent on how good our season is going to be because we have to rally behind. That's why I said bring in two. Just in case one don't work out, we got another shot at it because we know what we got with Tyler Buckner to an extent, and it ain't good enough to win a championship. And the other two, I don't think this is a project year for us, you know, because we can't rely on a guy like Drew Pine with experience for a guy like Angeli or Ron Paulus. Yeah. They're not the same. Yeah. And so the Tommy can't skip by not coaching next year either. Mm. You know, you didn't have to, I mean, you know, you can plug and play a Drew Pine anywhere. Right. But you can't plug and play these quarterbacks. Your ass got to be coaching and scheming some stuff up if we want to be where we want to be. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Let's get some comments and questions, bro. Uh, Sensational says, thank you for tapping in, Sensational, out there in Vegas. Malik and Sean, what do you all think about all the transfers from Bama? This portal shows no love. You know, I I don't know if it's just a trending topic for guys to just leave like they doing because, you know, it's how much more – I mean, what are you looking for? You know what I mean? Some of these guys are starters, so – I don't really get it. I don't know if they've been told the grass is greener on the other side, but from personal experience, it's not. <laughs> you go find yourself in a real crazy situation if it's not the right, uh, if it's not the right move for you, not the right fit. And you know, once well, now you could be like JT Daniels and just keep going till you hit the right spot. Yeah, but before it was like, shoot, you better hope you make the right choice, and the coaches don't forget about you. Yeah, I think it's it could very well be a reaction to the coaching, where they're speculating down in Tuscaloosa that both coordinators could be fired. Bill O'Brien, yeah, Bill. It could definitely be. How does he keep getting hired back at Bama and all these places, and he is? Not good. Mm. I don't know, bro. I have no clue. I got Antoine Porsche Rideau. Malik, some dude from another Notre Dame podcast said that your analysis of Spencer. Oh, we got cats on other podcasts talking about us. That's right. We hey, That's we spin it different. We spin it. We like that. We, we like, like that. <laughs> we, we love all the smoke. We like that. Yes, yes. Said that your analysis. So basically, he watched your your he watched the show last night. Probably downloaded it. Which right. is good. Thank you. You know, we appreciate all downloads. You said your analysis was based off one game versus us, even though I sent you the clips of multiple games. Hmm. Maybe okay. you should get a different computer, download it again, 
help us out, and then you can see what we're really talking about. And the thing is, it's like even if it was one game, that's more talent than we have on the roster now. And I'm it's all about to, I'm about to be petty. <laughs> I'm about to be petty. I don't know who this person is, but I'm willing to bet they didn't play the position. Yeah, like probably. So I would definitely trust your thoughts over theirs. And I think too, you get a guy that has a bunch of experience and played a lot, fits into the system of what we seem to go with, guys that are older and transfers and grad transfers and stuff like that. And I think if it comes to a fit thing, you could do a lot with Spencer Sanders that you can't do with who you got now. So it's a matter of are you going to coach it or not? I think he gives you the most uh, variety of tools you can use to build the house. But, damn it, you got to build the house. You got to lay the foundation. You got to have uh, the, the the ground plans of what the house is going to look like. Spencer Sanders just has a, a bigger toolbox. You know, maybe Tyler's missing a saw and a hammer. Spencer Sanders got a saw and a hammer, but you got to use a saw and a hammer in the right place. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, we have proven that we can turn chicken shit to chicken salad. That's been proven. We've proven that we can take guys that we don't develop. We don't develop the ones we recruit, but boy, we can take the ones in the transfer portal and make them look good and make them look way better than you know what they probably would have had if they didn't come. So now we get a guy that actually played a lot of games. And we've seen a lot of film. What can we do with that? Probably way better than taking a guy who hasn't played at all and wasn't going to play at a school that we put 45 on. With him, the backup, I mean, that's that's magic. You know, we're doing magic at Notre Dame. So let's take a step back, not have to work as hard, and bring in something with more ability. And then we put our ability with their ability, we can mess around being a championship. Man. We appreciate you check, uh, watching us, though. Yeah, we appreciate all downloads, man. Oh. Views, downloads. Thank you. We appreciate it. I could be even pettier, but I'll leave it alone. Thanks for the super sticker. Jeffrey, we appreciate you, my man. And our guy, D. Mont, Mr. Food Lover. What is the expectation for Tommy Reese for next year and moving forward? Um, GC gave you excuses with TC uh, with Tommy Reese last year. Did I it? Yeah. Yes. Word? Yes. Yes. Really? Excuses? You was GC with him. Maybe not excuses, but you was GC with Tommy. I told you before. It don't matter if it's not a top five scoring offense because you know why? They love to throw them Drew Pine stats in there talking about Pine time and he's eight and two and he's 84% completion and yada, 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 yada. Not a top five scoring offense, which directly reflects the type of team you're going to have offensively each and every year. So for this next year, it's a harder task because you just can't roll out no guy that's been your office buddy for three or four years there. You're going to have to coach and develop a scheme that gets you to a top five offense. See a top five scoring offense. You, 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 you're not looking at all the mother numbers because you putting points on the board. 
and you're getting wins because of it. Mm-hmm. So if that's the focus, then Tommy will be all right. But if Tommy thinks he's going to squeak by by having these pro football focused QB ratings of over 70 and this, that, and the third to give you the facade that we're doing something better, but we only scoring 24 points in the game, I'm not accepting that. Hmm. I'm not accepting that. Teams that are winning the championship, like a Georgia, is a 35-point-plus team weekly. 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 Not sometimes. Not against bad teams. Weekly. So top five scoring offense or nothing because you're getting too much attention already, like you, Mike Gusecki from the Miami Dolphins or something. Man, I'm having some self-inventory. I didn't know I was GC when it came with Tommy. I'm gonna have to do some self some self scouting. Yeah, you got to hey roll the team. Somebody, somebody, somebody make a cut up of her previous <laughs> shows. Play it back. Dude, somebody from LL would probably do that. <laughs> a cut up of me talking about Tommy. <laughs> oh man, dude, fan fifteen. Thank you for tapping in. Thank you for the super chat. I'm assuming you wanted to say most frustrating thing about Tommy. Be free to be petty. <laughs> I'll let you take that one. No, <laughs> throw it to me. Tommy knows what he's he's petty about. How about that? So you know, I think uh, a lot of things can be solved if football and playing the best and wanting to coach at your ass off was the most important thing not who you're hanging with and if you're the right guy for the job. <laughs> Lucky Lefty Podcast. Look, um, I think I can't see it. Look, um, Notre Dame needs help. Positions Notre Dame needs help. What? Well, yeah, what position do you think they need help in the portal? Man, if we get a nice strong 6-6-3 technique as 350-plus dominating monster on that defense line, I think it would just change the whole dynamic of the team. I would love to see that. Obviously, we need quarterback. But I really want to see us develop the guys we got there. Are we going to have a receiver pop out in this recruiting class or that's already in the room? And, and make a headway for next year, give our quarterback, whoever it is, an opportunity to to look on the outside or look deep. Uh, but I wouldn't mind getting a, a receiver transfer. It's just so many guys in the transfer portal right now. Shoot, I just, you know, they could be hit or misses too. So I trust that Marcus Freeman um, adjusts well. And gives a, a good balance to recruiting mixed with transfer recruits and stuff like that. But definitely D-line, I would love to see a great D-tackle. Wouldn't mind to have a, a pretty pretty good slot receiver uh, transfer. Obviously, we need quarterbacks. I wouldn't mind uh, getting in a, a senior grad transfer linebacker to bring along uh, those young guys. Uh, in a way where 
they can benefit from each other from maybe a communication standpoint, and then they can feed off of that with their play and the older guy hold it down in the middle type of deal. Uh, and then, you know, obviously you can never have enough DBs. So if we were to get a Tony Grimes from North Carolina, I think it would just as, – as crowded as the room is getting, I think it would still make the team a lot better with a Tony Grimes. Uh, they're not looking at cornerback in the portal. I, I can tell you that. <laughs> it never, 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 never go to. But you know, injuries, man. You, who knows? They're not looking at the cornerback position in the portal. I can tell you that. I, I'm, I'm, I, I feel pretty confident that that's definitely not a position they're looking at. I mean, if we let Cam come back, we definitely not looking. Wide receiver, yes. Running back, no. O line, no. Quarterback. O-line, look. O-line, no. Tight end, depends. Defensive line, yes. Linebacker. See, but you're, you're, you're basing it off of these young guys coming in. No, I'm not. Balling. No, I'm basing it off of information I know. I'm not basing it off of the young guys. I'm telling you, based upon what I know, they're they're not looking at a DB in the portal. Oh yeah, the deep yeah okay maybe not DB safety, but linebacker. I'm telling you, we get if we just got one like a I don't want to say no, just we're about to find a grad transfer linebacker, bro, to come in and be better than what they have. You just you're not unless somebody jumps in after the bowl games. As they currently sit, if we can, find, I don't think we'll find a nasty edge rusher in the portal, but I think having a nice nasty edge rusher to replace Falsky, I think it's just an ingredient you got to have to a really good defense every year. So, not that I don't like the guys we got now, but I want to chase Young. Mm. You know where they got a triple quadruple team, Will Anderson type of guy, because you can always. Always take one of those. Yeah, I think if one of those is in the transfer portal, yeah, I don't care if we have Fosky now, I would take one just because you can never have too many good edge oh, rushers. You can never have too many pass rushers. That's all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time defensive tackles. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, we need to. I just wish we get three monster. Where'd you come from? Who, what'd you eat growing up because you're so big? D tackles, I think that'll just change the dynamic of. The defense, man, like no more healthy D linemen. <laughs> tired of seeing these fit, you know, skinny in the legs, D linemen that they're good. Yeah. But damn it, give me some weight on that O line or D line. For the super chat, Mike Nolan, agree. We need much more potent O. How high can you go with focus on run game? Do any, well, do any portal quarterbacks really move the needle for Notre Dame? Need big D yeah, defensive tackle more to hold the line. I think Spencer can move the needle for the QB room. I think Jeff Sims can move the needle for the QB room. I think uh, Hudson Carr can move the needle for the QB room. And it's about fit. Um, I don't think DJ would fit in the in the QB room. It'd just be another another shackle on the offense that we just don't need. 
you know, I think if anything, uh, we can build depth offensively. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're going to have to find who that X factor is going to be that replaces Michael Mayer. I don't think the offense is going to look the same because we don't have Michael Mayer. We're just going to force Tommy to find another version of that, of a go-to guy. Because, I mean, think about it. When Tommy played, Michael Floyd had a 1,000 receptions, like something ridiculous, like 100 catches in a season. Like not too many teams are giving one receiver 100 receptions in a season. So, yeah, uh, it's too much talent we got. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to see an offense that opens up. Uh, a lot more opportunity for the quarterback to spread the football around, which requires a dynamic guy at that position. Tyler hasn't shown to be dynamic in the distribution to all our talents yet because yeah. he's got the most carries, yards, and and, <laughs> and everything on the, on the same level. So um, maybe a Devin Leary sneaks in there. I just don't like small guys right now. I got a bad taste for small guys behind the center of a six – six offensive line at Notre Dame. So who knows? I want to see a guy that can throw it over the middle. See, this is my thing. And like, dude, you're on your Spencer Sanders thing, right? That's who you want. This is my only pushback to people that try to like diss Spencer Sanders and the idea of him coming to Notre Dame. Once again, I tell people all the time, I never have a problem with your opinion. Just make sure that your examples are good to support your opinion. When you throw Brennan Armstrong as an example up or Devin Leary, you just lost me. Yeah, yeah. You like, lost me. Come on. You could bring up Drake May. You could bring up Hudson Carr. You bring up Drake up May. I think Drake May would be a great you bring up a lot of people. Brennan Armstrong is your example of a quarterback that's better than Spencer Sanders. And I ask you this, what has Devin Leary won at North Carolina State? Height. Height. He ain't won nothing of significance. I was one of the first people. Because I know he got hurt. I said, without his left tackle and a young offensive line and the wide receivers that he had last year in the running game, He's going to struggle. I said that in the preseason because he's not a carry a team quarterback, but everybody wanted to make it seem as if he was a carry the team quarterback. Yeah. He's not. He's just a Drew Pine with tattoos. I'm not going to go that far. (laughs) He's not that dude. You know what I'm saying? So I don't have a problem with people not wanting Spencer Sanders. Just give me better examples. Because Brennan Armstrong is not it. That's not Didn't it. Didn't we just have a Brennan dude leave and transfer, go to Old Dominion or something Brennan like that? Armstrong we don't need no more Brennans. We don't need no more Brennans. <clears throat> man, Hudson Card, I'm, I'm with you. If you want Hudson I'd rather, Card, I'd rather, I'm with you. I'd rather throw a Hudson out there and I feel like I'll get bigger splash than a Devin Leary or a Brennan Armstrong. I could just feel a Brendan Armstrong being a seven and, and, and five quarterback at Notre Dame. Man, that's my only thing. Like, dude, just come up with some better answers. Now I understand what my father used to tell me. He used to tell me, don't bring me questions, bring me answers. 
You don't like the way it's going? What's the answer? I don't need to hear whining and complaining. Give me the solution. Right? So, yo, hopefully they, they have the right solution to this quarterback situation, bro. Yeah, hopefully. Because if not, heads got to roll. <laughs> Jared, Mitchell, Michael said, just go with Mitchell. Hey, that's cool, too. Just go with Mitchell. But you yo, already know. Our, our honestly, that would be the greatest thing to hear. In the spring, like yo, this dude Minchie is cooking, cooking. That would be the best of everything, right there. Lucky Lefty Podcast, man. We appreciate you guys for jumping on with us. Man, we're man, we went long today. I would love to get to every comment, every question, but we just don't have the time. We'll be back tomorrow for another great show. I think we're gonna have a local guest. Someone local from South Bend coming on with us tomorrow. And then our big bro, Carl Reed, is going to jump on with us, I believe, Friday. He's been on the road covering uh, the transfer portal and coming back from the SEC championship game. You know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? You on mute. Onorwhiskey.com. The petty train, bro. It's the petty train. And I want to go to championship weekend. And this lovely young lady, you know, do your homework. If we're gonna ask questions post-game, do your homework, right? Uh You can't write the questions down in the second quarter. Or before the game and say these are the questions I'm going to ask. You actually have to watch the game, see the flow, see things happen. So you can ask some interesting and entertaining questions post-game. And for some reason, ABC thought it was a good idea after the <laughs> ACC championship game to stop BJ Wagalele. Oh yeah, this was bad. This is bad. And this is what happened. This is bad. <laughs> I mean, I knew that. I knew that from the get-go. Kay's an unbelievable quarterback, unbelievable person, and I just—I mean, that was no surprise to me, man. He went out there, slung it, played his game, and I'm just super happy for him, man. MVP, he did it all. He did a great job tonight. What was that conversation coming into this game, just about when that might happen? Because you knew that was a possibility that Kay could come in today. Uh, they said, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they just told me Kay, Kay go get a shot. Go go in there, man. He he took that shot and ran with it, man. He played an unbelievable game. Uh, offense played great around him, man. He just did. Unbelievable job just playing out there. Played free, did an unbelievable job. What's it like to watch from the sideline? How the how tough is that? And at the same
same time. Exciting yeah. to see All right, teammates doing well and yeah, no, 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 champion. No, what, I mean, what's that conflict like? Man, for me, man, at the end of the day, man, I'm a team guy. I love the team. I do. I die for my teammates. I do whatever it is. And at the end of the day, man, I'm just happy we won, man. Uh, Caden played an unbelievable game. Receivers made plays. Defense played great. I mean, my individual success, uh, my, the team comes before me, man. And at the end of the day, man, I'm going to ride and die by that. I'm a team player, man. I just want to be able to win ball games and be able to see us win it. My fault. Be able to see us win ACC championship, man. I'm super excited. I appreciate that. An ACC championship. You guys are yes, back. You were oh, yeah. able to right the wrongs, right? You're all back. And yes, well, what's this really feel like? How much does this really mean at a conference? Man, it means everything. Thing, man, you know, this is what we put our work in for. I mean, this is our main goal right here to be able to win AC championship and for us hitting it, man, it's unbelievable, man. And we got another game in Miami, so it'll be great. Let me tell you something, man. First of all, I want to start with the production truck in the conversation with the talent. Yeah, but whoever Where's decided the get DJ, whoever's decided to get let's get DJ. Goofy. It's Secondly, petty. it's petty for sure. You just won the ACC championship game. You gonna sit up there and ask this dude three questions about K Clubnik? Yeah. Shout out, hey DJ, you showed me something, man. You the did. way you handled that, you showed me something. Now, if your accuracy was a little bit better, I actually wouldn't mind you rocking a gold helmet because leadership got it and being able to handle tough situations because that's a tough ass situation. You you proved yourself to me right there, young man. You yeah. proved yourself to me right there. Now, if, you if, go he was just, the if he was just a little more of a natural thrower, I man. would love DJ in the gold helmet. Man, he's gonna bring the it factor of leadership we need to get over the hump. But man, what kind of questions was that? How would have been like what? How tough was it to watch <laughs> me from the side? Take your spot and just totally play way better than you. Was it hard to watch? What was that conversation like? When they said that Kate is gonna take his spot, what you? <laughs> what if that interview had gone totally left, bro? It sounded like that's what she wanted. She wanted what, some content what, for that. What if DJ wasn't that dude? Man, that's what if DJ a... just gave her that look in the middle of the interview, like? They would have labeled him a sexist or something. Man, career. She deserved some 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 harsh responses. Gosh darn it. (laughs) I ain't gonna say she's a bad reporter, but that's bad job right there. Man. Stay in the moment. Don't be talking about like what was the conversation before the game. She had that question written down from like Thursday afternoon. For sure. She's been wanting to ask that pregame. I'm going to catch him post-game and ask him this. Come on, man. Unrelated to the the game at all. You would have thought that they didn't even play or they haven't played yet. And he just kept saying, yeah, he's a great teammate. I'd die for my team. What you want me to say? (laughs) I'd die for my teammates. Damn it. What you want? How much more you want me to kiss this man's butt for taking my spot, man? What's going on? Well, he's in the portal now. He's going to UCLA. Come on home to UCLA and Westwood, man. Look, UCLA you know, a good look. You and your brother, Young Concrete, man. You know, it's the gold man. helmet, not quite the right gold helmet, but that's gold tinted. We're gold <laughs> plated. <laughs> that's that brewing tint. Yeah, that's a tent. You go to the car dealership, get you that kind of tent. You know, go to Oakley, it gets that that kind of shade on your 
on your helmet, but you want that gold. So we got that real, real paint. We got real that heavy, that, the heavy, the heavy material, you know. Lucky Lefty Podcast, man. We'll see you guys tomorrow for another great show. Excuse me. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. But, man, most of all, got to make sure that you spin it different. different. We'll holler at you guys tomorrow.